Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. Hosts Rich and Susan Kohlenberg found freedom from 25 years of out-of-control drug and alcohol addiction. They are living testimonials, and in their series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain, Rich and Susan share messages on the problems we face and how Jesus Christ is the remedy to reasoning and thinking right thoughts. Learn how to break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. And welcome once again to our series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain. And if you've joined us recently, you know what we're asking. We're asking, why are we so selfish? And why did Jesus say we must be born again? Because there's something wrong with our first birth. Yeah, we have an infection that needs to be cured. We're not we're not born guilty. We're born infected with fear and selfishness, aren't we? Yes. Susan, would you begin the program with a word of prayer? Okay. Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you once again for an opportunity to um, look at your goodness and see how that goodness can can work on our hearts and in our minds to free us from the fear and selfishness that keeps us in bondage. Lord, we pray that you will send your Holy Spirit to be with us and all of the people listening. And uh, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, last time we talked about the Bible, not so much being a code book of things to do and things not to do, but that it's actually a, a medical record. It's, it's case histories of how the doctor treats his patients and how they responded. Now, how many doctors are there in the Bible? There's two doctors. There's two doctors. Yes. One's real. Yes. One's the great physician. Yes. Who's the other? We are the other doctor. The other's a quack, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's us, isn't it? It's us. And I guarantee that that we will always, most always prescribe the wrong treatment every time. But what about the great physician, the one who has never lost a patient that's trusted him? So we can look at John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth, and that, that word believeth actually means trust. So if we trust the doctor in him, should we not perish, but we will have everlasting life. That's right. Now, now let's review the psychological areas where the quack does his work. In other words, where we do our work. Or the flesh. The flesh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. We call them genetic vulnerabilities, but the Bible calls them lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Um, uh, If you want to use the doctor's terms, it'd be sensualism, materialism, and egoism. And we talked last time about how the cleansing of the temple, when, when Jesus came in and he cleansed the temple, it was actually a metaphor for cleansing the human heart. You remember that? Yes, and we analyzed the characters that were um, that were expelled or, or in the story and what they actually represented. So we had um, the beast, the Pharisees, and the money changers. Right, the beast and the Pharisees and the money changers. They were what was expelled out of the out of the temple. They were chased out, and so um, a lot of times people say that Jesus, uh, you know, through fear and punishment, drove them out, and, but actually they were chased out, I think, by their own conscience. I, I, I believe so. Now, if you've missed any, any previous, previous programs, you can go to uh, www.justasiamministries.org. 
click the Listen Now button. And uh, today we're on episode 17, coming out of Egypt, for your reference. Um, so in the story of Christ cleansing the temple, who did Jesus expel once again? The beasts, the Pharisees, and the money changers. And as we discussed last time, what did the beast and the metaphor uh, represent? Well, that would be your animal passions, the sensualism, lust of the flesh. Right. And how about the Pharisees and the metaphor? Well, that would be pride, egoism. And the money changers? That would be, of course, greed or materialism. And the, the best part of the story is who is left? Who's left? The right. needy and the children. Right. And in Matthew 18, 2... Jesus And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of God. 18.4, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. See, the process for chasing out the carnal passions is a painful and humbling experience. But who's left is the little child. It's amazing what the metaphor points to. Um, and, and, and so we need to invite Christ into our hearts, allow him to displace those passions that we have, mm-hmm. that lower nature, right. you know, because if you serve the lower nature, it's not spiritual. Mm-hmm. And if we allow him to do that, wonderful things happen. Right. And, and not only that, but it's the needy. You it's know, the you, needy. you need to recognize that you have a need. You don't before... go to the doctor if you don't need. Right. If you right. don't feel the need. You don't go. That's right. Because then there's no, there's nothing that can be given to you for a remedy. Um, the Bible um, uses another story as a metaphor to teach us um, how God cleans us up and heals us. And it's in Deuteronomy 8, verses 2 and 3. And you shall remember the whole day that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, and that he might humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart, whether you should keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you. And let, and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you known that man does not live by bread alone. Okay. So the story of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, mm-hmm. wandering in the wilderness is once again a story of how the doctor prescribes treatment for his patients and how they responded. Now let's look at the uh, first few things that happen in the story what the prescribed remedies are, and what the outcome says about God and what the outcome says about his patients. Okay. Now first, just like in the cleansing of the temple, let's identify the characters and the objects in the story so that we can have, so we can apply the metaphor to reality properly. So where are the Hebrews? Well, they're in Egypt. And what does Egypt in the story represent? Okay. Well, Exodus 20 verse 2 says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery, out of the house of slavery. Mm -hmm. So your minds might want to click to another passage, like maybe John 8, 34, Jesus answered them and said, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. So what does Egypt represent? It represents our sinful ways, the worldly ways. Being, and it comes down to this, is being a slave to fear and selfishness. Exactly. Now, now, being free and being a slave, I think the devil has flipped it around because I couldn't wait till I got out of school to get old enough to be able to go into a bar, to be free to go into the bar and drink, to be right. free to smoke. Right. And what happened? I got 
chained to mm-hmm. those two habits mm-hmm. because the carnal nature doesn't think that's bondage while it's engaging in that. It thinks it's free. Right. But in reality, when you look at it in reality, that's not the case. Right, because you 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 come under its rule. Right. You know, I, there's so many people that have tried to stop smoking, and I know you know just recently I've come across, and it's so hard. And I think they say that you know trying to quit smoking is similar to trying to you know a heroin addiction, and it's because the mind just becomes so used to it. So so sin like the habits like that. Yeah. Can get just totally ingrained in our mind. That's right. Now, so coming out of Egypt then is going to going to represent leaving those ways behind but not only the ways not only the behavior but dealing with the root cause not just the symptom see alcohol and drugs are a symptom Mm -hmm. of a deeper deeper disease see i didn't have a drug problem i had a sober problem i didn't have an alcohol problem rather i had a sober problem i didn't like myself sober so until the healing in that area begins, the symptoms of the disease, the drugs and the alcohol, are not going away. Right. It's a much deeper foundational issue that we deal with. It's not just the, the outward manifestations of, of uh, habits. Right. Right. So now as we get back to the story, it teaches us that there is only one way out of Egypt. This way is a process. So we can look at the story in Exodus 12, and we're going to start in Exodus 12, verse 5. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. So first question is, who is the lamb? Okay, well, your your search engine should be clicking now. Remember John pointing to Jesus says what? Behold, the lamb of God that does what? That takes away sin. Takes away sin, removes sin, right? Right, it's not just a forgiveness. He actually takes it away. takes away, he removes it. Right. You know, just like a cancerous tumor, the doctor comes in, he can make you well. He removed my drug addiction. Mm-hmm. See, he removed my cigarettes. Right. He didn't just cover it. He didn't cover it. He, he took it out. Right. He, he took it he, out. He of- went in and he got to some of the things that were causing me to do that, the fear and the insecurities that were causing me to do that. To, that helped you, that caused you to turn to drugs to numb precisely. life and to, to avoid reality. Yeah. So in Exodus 12, 7, we're going to go on. Um, then take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses which they, with, of the house in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire and with unleavened bread and bitter herbs as they shall eat it. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Okay. Well, okay. Let's real quickly, let's condense the story. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. They shall take some of the blood, mm-hmm. put it on two doorposts, mm-hmm. then eat the flesh, mm-hmm. staff in hand, ready to leave. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, once again, your search engine should be active. First, blood of the lamb on the doorpost. What could that mean? Well, one of the the most outstanding um verses in the Bible would be Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. So what does the door represent? It represents the heart. And why is he knocking on that door? Because he's on the outside. Right. Right. So what does he want to do with you if you let him in? I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. 
This is what Jesus was referring to when he said in John 6.53, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. That's a metaphor once again. Right, because in John 6, 54, the Bible says, Jesus says, whoever feeds on my flesh and eats my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. Right, so when you eat something... It, it's not you, cannibalism necessarily. No, 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 no. So when you eat something, your body changes it. It goes down to the molecular level, and your body uses it to build your body. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing happens spiritually when you take in. So this is what Jesus is using this as a metaphor. So basically, the message is this. By painting the blood on the doorposts mm-hmm. and by assimilating, taking that lamb and assimilating that lamb, if you don't let Christ in your heart and assimilate his character, you're not getting out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. There's a process described here that's essential for the beginning of the healing. So so what does does God do something that helps us to want to open that door? You know, you know, what is it? What what does he do the, to cause how he persuades? Right. Okay, well let's go back to the story. Um who's holding them? Who's holding the children the Hebrews, the children of Israel? Uh, in captivity. It's it's, fa- it's, it's Pharaoh, right? right? Uh-huh. What does Pharaoh represent in the metaphor? Well, we can go to Ezekiel 29.2, and it says, Son of man, set your face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and, all, and against all Egypt. Speak and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon that lies in the midst of his streams that says, My Nile is my own. I made it for myself. Okay, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon. Right. Who's the dragon? The dragon, Satan. So who does Pharaoh represent in the story? He represents Satan. Okay, so who did Pharaoh hold in captivity? He held God's people in captivity. God's people are held in captivity by Satan. Okay, by Pharaoh. So what is Pharaoh, what was Pharaoh's bad habit? Well, he worshipped other gods. You know, he put everything in front of God. He worshipped flies. Um, so God brought flies to show how worthless it is to worship flies. He worshipped frogs, and so God brought allowed a lot of frogs to come until Pharaoh was sweeping up dead frogs. They were everywhere. <laughs> and God was just showing Pharaoh how utterly foolish it is to put anything in the place of God. You know, he worshipped the Nile, so God turned the Nile to blood. In Pharaoh's case, is it's always about him that mm-hmm. he's above and and you know he's the ultimate. And I think you know the you you get farther from God. See, um, when you go after things other than God, the children of Israel they were able to see this demonstration of God's supremacy over every kind of, and I'm going to call it medication that was being used in Egypt, because that's all it is. When you're worshiping another god, it's a form of medication, and that that medication is worthless, mm-hmm. and that it was time to leave, that there was nothing there for them, because they could see that everything that they and, and, and Pharaoh had been worshiping, was, was, was there was no value in it. Mm-hmm. See, this was my condition before I began the process of leaving the Egypt of my own making. God showed me that all the forms of pain relief that I was using was killing me, not helping me. These were my gods of Egypt, yeah, and but, I can name them. I, I still got some. Right. I know, me too. And so, but we, we always look back, like in the Old Testament stories or even in the New Testament stories, and we say, look at Pharaoh and how lame, how, hard, how, how hard-hearted how hard he was. 
um, you know, we, we look at other people that we have in our lives and we see them um, putting everything in, in life ahead of God. And we say, how lame and how hard, you know, why are they doing that? Why are they acting like that? We can always see, seem to see it in other people. Yeah. So let's take one more step. And in reality, who's Pharaoh once again in the metaphor? It's actually us. Because if we follow Pharaoh, we turn into Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. We turn into his ways. Right. You be, you're you, changed you, by beholding. By beholding, you become changed. Right. See, and here's the key. And this is the part that we need to understand. It's easy for God to get you out of Egypt. It's very difficult for him to get Egypt out of you. Right. And, you know, like we've talked about it before, we can go through the ritual of going to church We could do everything that's prescribed. We can take communion. We can memorize scripture and do all those good things that we're supposed to be doing when we're no longer in Egypt. But there are of no avail if we don't let Christ into our heart, assimilate his character, and allow him to get Egypt out of us. There's just so much more than just this you know, this walking out of Egypt, it's, it's a, it's a real renewal of the mind. Yeah. Um, so let's go through a couple of, a couple of things, um, that, um, I know because chasing fear and selfishness out, you know, when Jesus, once again, we can go back to that metaphor of the temple and the beast, he drove out the beasts and he drove out the Pharisees and he drove out the money changers. And all that was left was the needy and chil- needy and the um, and the children. Mm-hmm. And then he says, "Of course, unless you become like a little child, um, you can't stamp out that bad behavior. It has to be crowded out." Right. And the only way to the only thing to crowd it out is with Christ. Mm-hmm. And and the only way to crowd it out with Christ is to understand Christ in His ways. And and uh, I think also that humble part. You know, is to be willing to say, I, I have, I, I need help, mm-hmm. you know, be, and, and I, I don't have the answers, right? I don't have the answers. It's like what you say, you know, you're having problems with your brain and you, you know, you, you can't, you know, you, you, you don't understand the way your brain or the way your, your body works. So you go to the person who has studied it and who knows it and who's able to, to look beyond what you can see by looking in a mirror. Right. And they're able to get in there and to diagnose and to just really see if there's an issue happening. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's just, I mean, I, it's just so similar as when you damage a part of your body. It's you, you damage a part of your body. You can't see inside the skin, whether that thing, how bad it's broken, if you break your arm or whatever. Right. And you have to go in and you have to put it in an MRI machine. You have to get a diagnosis. Right. Then you have to have somebody set the, whatever the affected area is. And it could be just a simple setting of it, or it could be more extensive. It could be having to have reinforcements so that because the bone is so weakened that right. there has to be reinforcements to make it even stronger. That's why the prescription for every human being is different. It's all different. It's all different. People have people have weaknesses in certain areas, you know, in your sensualism and in your egoism and in your materialism. In other words, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. We're all bent in those areas. Some of us are bent farther towards sensualism, mm-hmm. and that's going to be your drug addicts right. and your and your uh, sex addicts, alcoholics. 
Some are bent towards greed. Right. And that could be your gamblers and your shopaholics and those. And some are bent towards uh, some are bent towards egoism. And right. that could be like the Pharisees in Christ's day. Right. Um, I, I don't know. You may want to relate the one story that we've heard about uh, a hospital ward and how everybody comes with their, their they all have the same disease. They're uh-huh. all dying of the same disease, but they each have different symptoms. Right. Right, because you can be in a hospital ward and, 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 and people can be dying of the same disease and have different symptoms. Sometimes the symptoms will manifest themselves as lesions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the symptoms will manifest themselves as blindness. And sometimes the symptoms will manifest themselves like pneumonia. Right. All dying of the same disease, acquired immune deficiency syndrome. And, and, it's, and it's like somebody will, you know, you'll make fun well, yeah, it would be like it would be like the person that's coughing that has the pneumonia symptoms, being uh, being angry because they're uh, because the person that has lesions is bothering him, mm-hmm. and, uh, that the lesions bother him, and the person with the lesions is, is angry because the coughing is bothering him, right. and the blind person is upset because he's hearing the coughing even though he can't see the, and they're all criticizing and, one another, but they're all dying of the same disease, right. And that's where we're at on that's this dangerous planet. We're all dying of the same disease. Yeah, it's manifesting itself in sensualism, egoism, and materialism. We're all bent one way or another way. Some of us are really, really struggling with substance abuse. Others are really, really struggling with pride issues. Others are really struggling with materialism, needing materially, material things, wanting more and more and more, climbing that uh corporate ladder, if you will, to get more. And all the way, these gods of Egypt are moving us farther and farther away from the true God, and we don't even know it. Right, because God is saying the things of this world are going to pass away, and and what matters is, is your heart and your love towards God and your heart and your love towards your fellow man that when it gets when it comes right down to it that's all that matters how how do we treat one it's another? a heart condition yes it is and it's a heart condition and so we're talking now about how coming out of egypt and that of course is painting painting the blood on the doorposts mm-hmm. which represents allowing christ into the heart right and then remember they ate the lamb they, they partook of the lamb they roasted it and they and they consumed it Right. And which which means and Jesus says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, right. you'll have no part of me. So they're consuming the land, which lamb, which represents assimilating Christ, assimilating his character, bringing him him and him becoming a part of you. And we find his character in God's word. Right. We find it all the way throughout. That's why we read God's word. We see how he treats his patients. It's all about how did Christ treat those patients when he walked on this planet for three and a half years? Right. Even the woman thrown down in adultery, nothing but dignity and respect did he treat her with. Right. And he says, behold, and how I treat people and how I treat you if you had this condition and, and, and learn about me through my works. Right. And then he says, let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. Be right. ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed right. by the renewing of your mind. And so you become become free from the, the fear and the selfishness all and, the bondage, and, 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 and all that behavior, the slavery, the slavery of Egypt. Right. We can become free, free. You know, and that theme is throughout the Bible in Malachi chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. It says, for he is like a refiner's fire and a fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, 
and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. Purge them of what, of course? Fear and selfishness, the root cause, the root cause of all these other behaviors that get manifested. And so he, not only does he free us, but then we allow others to be free. That's right. That's right. We can allow others to be free. Um, you know, David David prayed, created me a clean heart, renew in me a right spirit. Mm-hmm. Then I will bring, a, I will show others how good you are, and I will bring others to you. Now, if you're new to the program, you can go to our website and listen to the programs that have already been aired, www.justasiamministries.org. Click the Listen Now button, and uh, you can also give us a phone call at uh, 916-645-1297. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle, and the other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Do I love them? Can I feel his pain and his Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose in the series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain? If you or someone you know is living in the captivity of addiction and having trouble finding freedom, Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that God does work miracles. They've created a seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the addiction recovery workbook for yourself, someone you know, or your church, Call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com and they'll send one to you. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. Contact them at 916-645-1297 or online at justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.